Sometimes whenever you start talking to somebody in a spiritual conversation, they mention the word God. And sometimes that happens even in church. But you know, it's rather interesting when you, if you really started probing beneath the surface and asked the question, what kind of God exists? I think you might get different answers. My name is Rob Lundberg, and you're listening to the Let's Get Real podcast. Welcome back to the Let's Get Real podcast. And I want to talk to you. You know, we've been through the 12 points on why Christianity is true. And I want to springboard off of something I had mentioned last week. And that was about the nine objections to somebody saying that, you know, truth is relative. And of course, I hope you enjoyed that show last week. But at the same time, you know, I've been doing some downtown conversational evangelism with our church. And every so often, you know, you'll talk to somebody and they will have a view of God. And of course, you know, with our pluralistic culture, the way that it's going, the, the whole idea of God is rather uh, a topic of conversation. Some people will just say, you know, I'd love to talk about it. And other people say, I just want to stay away from it. And sometimes what happens is they have this aversion to God because they don't want the moral accountability. And I'm not talking about these people. What I'm talking about are the folks that say they believe in God. But if you really just assume when they make the statement that, you know, I believe in God, what kind of God do they believe in? Ever think of that? Well, that's what we want to talk about today. And what I want to do is I want to deal with it from the perspective of a single God exists. Now, mind you, what differentiates Christianity and Islam and Judaism is the fact that they all three of those religions are monotheistic. And then if you go and you take the differentiation factor line or the, the, the point of disturbance for those three religions, only Christianity comes out because Jesus is resurrected from the dead. Now, we could talk about the whole idea, and I may do this next week, with regards to the difference between, say, the God of the Judeo-Christian faith and the Islamic God, because Islam is on the rise in this culture. And I'm actually interacting with some folks on Discord, and I want to give those guys a shout out for just their boldness and all, talking about this and also interacting with Hatun Tash, who was stabbed last week at Speaker's Corner. And if you ever want to see somebody who has the boldness of Jesus Christ and says, that you, you don't need to be sorry for what happened to her. But what happened was she got stabbed by somebody that the British uh, police have not found yet, as at least of this broadcasting. But at the same time, she will tell you, don't feel sorry for me because she is proud to take on sufferings of Jesus Christ. And what a testimony that is, okay? I believe that's a testimony in and of itself. And of course, she kind of sort of passed out. If you go on YouTube, you can see a little bit of the video as far as that happening. And as soon as she came to, she got, she stood right up and she started witnessing. And I don't want to digress, but I'll, I'll tell you that Islam does not believe in the same God. Allah is not the same God as the Judeo-Christian God. But I'm not going to talk to you about that today. I think I'll save that for next week or another time. But, you know, with progressive Christianity coming around, and of course the prosperity gospel and the new apostolic reformation, and all those aberrant views of so-called Christianity, and even those who are 
who don't believe in the historical doctrine of the Trinity, I'm talking about United Pentecostals. What we need to understand as far as from a biblical Christian perspective, what kind of God exists? When we say God exists, what do we mean? Well, you know, when we talk about God from a Judeo-Christian perspective, we are saying that God is a personal he, not an impersonal it, and likewise, either the universe existed forever alongside God or only God existed forever. Biblical theism affirms God is eternal, but the universe had a beginning and he created it. This is what we mean by God, namely a theistic God. Now, when I talk about a theistic God, I'm saying that a theistic God is as different from the world as a painter is from a painting. God made the universe, but he is not identical to it. The painting came out of the painter's hand, and it is like the painter, but it is different from him. Likewise, God is the creator or the maker. The universe is what he had made. Now, many great thinkers were theists. This includes St. Augustine and St. Anselm and St. Thomas Aquinas. But in the modern world, we have folks like Leibniz, who was a theist and widely known, and a widely known theist by the name of C.S. Lewis, would be, say, like of the uh, 60s and 70s. But of course, all the great Orthodox thinkers of the great monotheistic religions were all theists. Now, when we talk about different isms and schisms within theism, this is what we're going to deal with today. We've got things like deism and finite godism, like a, a finite god. We have pantheism, and we have panentheism, and of course I want to address polytheism because polytheism is one of those kind of weird birds, and I'll talk more about that in just a moment. Now, let's deal with deism because, you know, a lot of our founding fathers were deists. Now, and of course, you can debate all day whether or not <clears throat> some of our presidents of, of the 18th century but the major difference between deism and theism is first, deism is like theism minus miracles. For deist, God does not do miracles. The world that God made runs purely by natural law. And secondly, for the deist, unlike a theist, God does not uphold the world. He brought it into existence, but he does not hold it into existence. The universe of the deist is essentially self-sustaining. Think of it this way. It is like a ball that is thrown through the air. The deist world keeps on going on its own after it is brought into existence. For the theist, by contrast, God not only brought the world into existence, he also holds it in existence. The Bible tells us that God upholds all things by the word of his power in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 and by him all things are held together and you can find that in Colossians 1:17 now some of the great deists include folks like Voltaire Thomas Paine Thomas Jefferson and Franklin today however most thinkers in this tradition have become what we call finite godists and I'll talk about this one next when we talk about finite godism, finite godism is kind of a spin-off of deism. In the ancient world, Plato is one of the most famous of the finite godists. Unlike some modern examples, Plato believed that the universe was eternal, holding to a steady state theory, and that God was not its creator, but only its former or its shaper. In other words, 
God didn't create it, but he just formed it and shaped it. And this was in Plato's mind. Now, modern examples of finite godism included folks like John Stuart Mill and William James. Contemporary example is uh, Rabbi Harold Kushner, who was a Jewish scholar. Now, according to the finite goddess view, God is not infinite or unlimited. In fact, God is infinite in power and or perfection. And this, they believe, follows from the fact the world is not perfect. So you see the correlation there. And of course, they believe that the world should be perfect if, if an all-powerful, all-perfect God made it. Of course, we could talk about atheism, and we're not going to talk about atheism about, you know, the whole fact that they go and they say that no God at all. You know, of course, what we did was in the very first beginning part when we dealt with the whole existence of God after the second point in our series on the 12 points, we dealt with three basic views. And I also have a video that I've gone and done on this as well. And I've gotten a couple responses on my video. You can see that on my YouTube channel. Just search Rob Lundberg and you'll be able to see that. Um, but when you, <laughs> you look at, this whole idea of God and no God. You know, the question of God created all, God is all, and God, or no God at all, right? So you've got God created all, which is theism. All is God, or God is all, is pantheism. We're going to talk about that a little bit, just momentarily. And God, or, or no God at all. So, you know, you, you, you can think about those. And we're going to deal with now that, that, that God is all view. And that's called pantheism. And meaning all. And theism is, is God. Or, or, or God meaning pan, all, theism, God. All God. So when we talk about pantheism, you know, you can look at pantheism and what it asserts. Essentially, pan pantheism asserts that all is mind or spirit. God is all that exists and that all that exists is God. In the ancient world of Plotinus or Plotinus, depending on what part of the country you come from, Plotinus or Plotinus was a pantheist. He was a pantheist and even C.S. Lewis was accused of being a pantheist, but I don't think he was. And also you had folks like Benedict Spinoza, and he was uh, basically the modern uh, pantheist of the 18th century. And a contemporary of pantheists today include folks that are involved in the cult of Christian science and many New Agers like Deepak Chopra and, and uh, Eckhart Tolle. And then, of course, many Hindus are pantheists, as are Zen Buddhists. But I assert that uh, Zen Buddhism is more along the lines of atheism than it is anything else, even though they might say that there is a mind in the Buddhism. Now, there are many forms of pantheism, and in the more strict forms, like Shankara Hinduism and Christ, or Christian science, evil essentially is an illusion. In other words, it doesn't exist. Can you imagine that? Look at all the evil that's happened in the world and somebody saying, you know, it's non-real. I don't think so. Do you? So atheism affirms, you know, atheism itself affirms that evil is real. They say, well, that's just something bad that happens. I can't tell you how many atheists have told me that. So they go and they say, you know, I ask them, so why is there evil in the world? How would you define evil? That's something bad that happens. Well, I would agree, but why does it happen? And start, of course, you start talking about the moral law and they start getting a little skittish. But nevertheless, atheism says that evil is real, God is not. Ath pantheism would say evil is non-real and God exists. In other words, all, ex all exists as God. So basically... Pantheism says that everything, including the earphones that you might be listening to or the speakers that you're listening to this show through, that's God. Your, your, your car that you're driving, if you're listening to us on, on, your, on your way to work, that car's God. And by the way, 
You are God. You just don't know it. Now, let me ask you a question. I'm not debunking, but I kind of am in this about pantheism. What kind of God does not know that they're God? Think about that just a moment. Let's move on to the next one. That's panentheism. You know, when we talk about panentheism, it's a, at one point in time, panentheism was one of those views of theism that you really didn't hear a whole lot about. But believe it or not, it is still alive and well today. Now, panentheism, when you think of that word, sounds a lot like pantheism, but it is not. Pantheism says that God is all, where panentheism says God is in all. For the panentheist, God has two poles. In other words, there's two poles. You know, it's kind of like the North Pole and the South Pole. Well, God has, an, has two poles. You have an actual pole. And a, and a potential pole. It's kind of like one hand drawing the other. You've probably seen that picture. But the actual pole is finite and it's constantly changing. Hence, the view is also called process theology. Now, there was a book out there that was used as a textbook by a, a so-called evangelical who I had a chance to converse with in the 90s. His name is John Sanders. He wrote a book entitled, I'm not sure if it's still in print, but he used that as his textbook to try and debunk Christians' view of who God is. And, and he taught in a Christian college. That's right. A panentheist, a, a process theologian, <laughs> was teaching at an evangelical college. That's a problem. And of course, you know, I don't think there's any safe college nowadays, particularly even in Christian colleges. You've got to be very, very careful. But John Sanders wrote this book, The God Who Risks, and he took all these passages out of the Old Testament, talked about God learning, supposedly learning something, taking that out of context, obviously, or, or God repenting, meaning God changing his mind on something. And of course, folks, that's heretical. And I asked Sanders about this, as far as God being an actuality. In other words, he was not created. He is uncaused, meaning he's actual existence, ultimate existence, and that we ourselves are potential. In other words, our existence could, might not be possible. You know, we could die or may not, some of us may not have been born, right? But if you're listening to me, that doesn't include you because you've been born and you are listening to our podcast. <laughs> anyway, there are many philosophers that have come down the pike holding this view of all is in God and God is in all. That's panentheism. You have folks like Alfred North Whitehead, who is the father of the modern panentheism, and his student Charles Hartshorn carried on the tradition here in the United States, followed by Schubert Ogden, John Cobb, Lewis Ford. Most recently are folks like Greg Boyd and Charles Pinnock. They're heavily and influenced and heavily immersed in this process theology, which they call open theism. Clark Pinnock wrote a book entitled The Most Moved Mover, and John Sanders, who I just mentioned, who wrote the book, The God Who Risks. In other words, God does not know everything, so he learns things. And if he learns something, that, that, you know, he's, that's, that's problematic. So we have finite godism. We've got pantheism. We've got deism. Let's move to polytheism. You know, when you think of polytheism, you think of pagan religions. You think of the... The Greek gods and goddesses, you think of the Roman gods and goddesses, and you think of the pagan religions with their totems and all. But do you know that there is a group that professes to be Christian that is actually polytheistic? 
Can you guess what so-called Christian group they are? I'll tell you, I'll give you a hint. They have awesome commercials about family. That's right, it's the Mormon church. And we'll have a show on the Mormon church and whether or not it's actually Christian, what makes them not Christian later on down the road. We may have a series on this, but they too are polytheistic, but they will tell you that they are believing in heavenly father. And if you look in some of the Mormon literature, you will see that they believe Jesus is a God, but he is the God of this universe, which is all tied in with their eternal plan of progression. So I'll just leave polytheism there. It's called, the view actually is called henotheism, meaning you have a universe and there's one God in the universe, but there's many universes with many gods. That's called henotheism. But when we talk about polytheism, as I just kind of described for you in this, Polytheists, in contrast to classical theism, believe that there are many gods, poly, many, theists, gods, many gods. Right? They are all, these. all these gods are finite. In fact, the Lorenzo Snow couplet of Mormonism says, as God now is, man once was, as God now is, man may become. This is what they basically believe, that man evolves into a god and becomes a god, and then, of course, then hence worship. Now, likewise, these gods did not create the world as we believe in classical theism. They are in the world and not beyond it. In, ancient, in the ancient world, you had like the Egyptians, the Greeks, Romans, they, these, all these folks were polytheists. And of course, as, alongside the Mormon church, you got more recent times like where you have folks that are Wiccans that, that follow the, 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 the craft. And many New Agers, all of these folks are polytheistic. So there you have it. As I was telling uh, a brother after church, I was going to be doing this show, and it was going to be a short show. If you do have any questions, please email us at roblundberg315 at gmail.com. Also, you can go to my YouTube channel and you can see that short video on the three types of views that are gone. And I'm going to be doing uh, videos on these, each of these uh, isms of, of monotheism, so-called, and I will deal with them one by one in short little snippet videos in the not-too-distant future. But, you know, whenever you talk to somebody on the street and you are sharing your faith, or you're offering them a, a, a pocket New Testament to read, and they tell you that, oh, I believe in God, really? Can I ask you a question? What kind of God do you believe in? What, when you say God, what do you mean? You know, when you say, when they say that they believe in God, don't be afraid to follow up with that and, and just ask them this question. When you say God, what do you mean? Who is God? What is he like? Is he all-knowable? Is he created? When you say God, what do you mean? And just let the person's worldview come to fruition. I hope you've enjoyed our show today. And like I said, I didn't know how long this show was going to be, but we deal with some pretty heavy topics and I don't want to uh, over overweight the material but just give you the short synopsis of these views and if you do have any questions please let us know email us at roblenberg315 at gmail.com also if you want to help us create better podcasts I'm still working on setting up uh, a podcast on 
on video through maybe YouTube or Rumble, I'm not sure, or, or StreamYard. So bear that in mind. Keep us in prayer on that as we, as we seek uh, how to do that. I may call on some of my friends maybe to do a test live stream just to see how it goes. But nevertheless, as you go out this week, you know, God has placed each and every one of us, as my wife likes to go and say, in the body as it is pleased him. And he calls us to serve him wherever he has us. So wherever you are in your walk with him, wherever you serve him in your workplace, at home, your family, the church, tell others about the Let's Get Real podcast with Rob Lundberg. And we will be forever grateful for you because our, our listenership is going up slowly, but we'd love to love for it to explode and have a wide listenership. But as you go out this week, get ready to listen to people and listen to their heartbeat. And when you do, be ready with the gospel of Jesus Christ or ready to listen to what objections they have. Hopefully we can an help answer, this pod, hopefully this podcast can help answer some of those objections for you and equip you for that. That's one of the purposes that we do this. But as you go out this week, go out and give them heaven. And we'll be back with you next week, Lord willing. God bless. 